other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC TGIF. It's Friday. You know what that means. That means for the next hour, I will take your questions on absolutely any subject. Just make it a good one. That's all we ask. If you have a question and you'd like to be heard, give me a call. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. The questions can range from the serious to the sublime you pick the subject. I can't promise, but I'll try and get to some of your email questions as well. Uh, I know a lot of you complain that the phones are always jammed, so you can't get through on the phones. If you want to try and email a question, I will try to get to at least a few email questions. Frank.Morano at WABCRadio.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at WABCRadio.com. You could also just feel free to use that email address to stay in touch with me. And uh, I do check just about each and every email. So I'll look forward to hearing from you there as well. I also want to do one last reminder regarding Sunday's Tunnel to Towers walk. I'm hoping to see many of you there. We're going to have a good time. I know Dominic Carter is going to be there as well. And uh, we're Dominic and I are the uh, big fundraisers for our radio station. He's number one and I'm number two. I would love to catch him by Sunday. So I'd love it if you'd walk with us, but if you can't walk with us, I would love it if you'd make a contribution. You can go to wabcradio.com slash walk. That's wabcradio.com slash walk. Click on my picture, make a contribution. Not only do you help me, but more so than helping me, you really help a lot of very needy families. This is an organization that does God's work as far as I'm concerned. They get mortgage-free homes for the family members of fallen servicemen. They get smart homes uh, for servicemen that come back with life-changing injuries. In some cases, that could mean a lack of limbs. In some cases, it could mean traumatic brain injuries. There's no shortage of other catastrophic injuries that people are coming home from war with. And this is an organization that helps them and their families, and I'm proud to be affiliated with it. So we could really use your help. Please, this is the last time I'm going to ask, make a donation. WABCRadio.com slash walk. Look for my picture. Be as generous as you can. And obviously, for those of you that still itemize your deductions, all the donations are tax deductible. Hopefully, I'll see a lot of you there. Hey, your question's coming up in just a minute. 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-WABC. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. Do you remember this year what a disaster, well, I guess technically the process began last year. Do you remember what a disaster the redistricting process was for the congressional lines and for the state lines and how the lines were ultimately thrown out in court after the legislature came in to draw the lines because the bipartisan commission that was meant to do it couldn't come up with a consensus? Remember all that? Well, what has not gotten nearly enough 
attention, as far as I'm concerned, is what we're seeing playing out in New York City right now. Because right now, the redistricting commission for New York City, which is tasked with redrawing the lines for the New York City council seats, that process is turning out to be almost as much of a mess. Yesterday, you might not have heard about this yet. This is relatively new. Yesterday, the commissioners voted down the new proposed maps. The maps were defeated by a vote of eight to seven. Now, you need to understand how rare this is. We go through this process every 20 years, and I don't remember this happening. This is unprecedented. In my lifetime, I don't think it's ever happened in New York City. So eight of the 15 commissioners voted down these new maps due to a mix of both substantive and procedural objections. The no votes were all three Republican appointees, one Democratic appointee who we're hoping to have on my uh, podcast uh, next week, and four of the seven mayoral appointees. So it remains to be seen what the next steps are, but clearly the group needs to reconvene next week with the staff, resolve some of the objections and find at least two of these no votes to vote yes because as of now we don't know what was going on we don't know what the next step in this whole process is this is the right move uh these maps that they came back with for this most recent vote were abysmal i obviously pay closest attention to the staten island maps and what they were trying to do is merge one district with brooklyn which would have been a disaster for Staten Island and would have been a disaster for Brooklyn. They also applied, tried to play all sorts of games with a bunch of the other council districts. And it just goes to show you that these appointees that voted to approve these maps, they didn't care what the New Yorkers voting in these hearings, including me and maybe some of you, they didn't care what these New Yorkers were testifying in favor of. The New Yorkers testifying did not ask for maps like the ones that were put up for a vote yesterday. I hope we're able to see the first version of the maps or something close to it adopted and adopted soon we'll see what happens beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight local spotlight it's no secret that I still enjoy print newspapers. There's something I really look forward to each and every Saturday morning, each and every Sunday morning, to go out to my front lawn and see the newspapers waiting for me. I get such a satisfaction opening those papers up, seeing what's on which page. And even though I do read a lot of the news online, whenever I read the papers in print, I always end up discovering a few articles that I never would have read if I was only reading the paper online. And that's why I'm so concerned about what's happening in New Jersey. It's no secret that print publications are having a tough time already. But in New Jersey, it's about to get a whole lot worse. Richard Veza had a column in uh, NorthJersey.com. Now, just so you know, Richard Veza is the government affairs chairman for the New Jersey Press Association. He was the former editor and publisher of the Star-Ledger. So he has a a vested interest in making sure print newspapers stay in business. Even though you know where he's coming from, that doesn't mean he's wrong. In fact, I think he's absolutely right in this column that he wrote for NorthJersey.com. So the crisis New Jersey newspapers are facing now is not caused by the Internet, but rather from rigid enforcement of a state statute that effectively overturns a 189-year-old practice used by almost all newspapers in the country, including those in New Jersey. 
The statute concerns independent contract. The issue for newspapers concerns newspaper delivery people, the carrier who delivers the newspaper to your home. And we love our newspaper carrier. And if she's listening, I know she listens often as she delivers. I know her son got married a couple of weeks ago. And even though it delayed the delivery of our Sunday advance, uh, I want to wish her the best and her son the best. So congratulations to you. And thank you for always listening. Newspaper delivery people have been independent contractors for 189 years. The first one contracted in 1833. Most independent delivery people in New Jersey work two to four hours per day in the morning and then have the flexibility to seek other work or take time for themselves and their family. So in New Jersey, what they do, most of the state's daily and some weekly newspapers use two companies to deliver their papers, one for home delivery and one for store delivery. These companies use independent delivery people. Without this sort of an arrangement, it would not be economically feasible to deliver print newspapers to homes or stores, period. The State Department of Labor is seeking to undo over 150 years of practice and force these two companies to convert their delivery people to employees. The increased cost would be passed on to the newspaper. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. One more hour to go, and then we can all begin our weekend. At least I I can. I don't know about you. All right, a couple of things. One, and I had this on my list of things to talk about this morning, even before I realized all the calls that we were going to get in the first hour, the 1 a.m. hour, asking about the news department and why certain stories have an editorial bent. Two quick items that I want to say with respect to the news. One, this has been Gnome Layden's first week as the news director, and I have to tell you, Gnome has totally turned this place around. He has been a godsend. My only, and I'm sure he's still just sort of getting his feet wet, and I'm sure he has a lot of great things planned for the WABC News Department, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they are. But my only regret so far with respect to Gnome is that he is not on the air more. Uh, I wish he was on the air doing maybe uh, an evening news hour or something along those lines because he is just terrific as an on-air personality and as somebody with news judgment. So I want to, again, say welcome aboard Gnome. It has been great having you back. I'm sorry that my odd hours have precluded my seeing you at the radio station, but uh, I hope uh, you're enjoying the role. I realize this news department's a lot different than the one you left when you left WABC the first time. Additionally... I want to give a shout-out to our own Alex Barnard, who I give a hard time to, and I think rightly so most of the time. But he's been doing the top-of-the-hour news uh, quite a bit this week. I'm sure you might have even heard him today. And he's done a great job. I have to say, uh, this is not—I've done this, what he's doing now— it is not nearly as easy as it sounds, but Alex Barnard has walked into this role— As overnight news anchor, seamlessly, he has been doing great. And I'd love to see him be the, uh, I'm I'm sure he's not necessarily looking for more work to do during the overnight hours. He's already doing the job of two or three people. But I would love to see him be the overnight news anchor permanently. So uh, I say way to go, both Noam Layden and Alex Barnard. Thank you both for your tremendous and terrific service to the people of this city, and to the people of this radio station. All right, one more hour to go. Uh, We're going to talk Aaron Judge. It's pretty exciting watching what's happening. 
Pretty exciting time to be a New York baseball fan, that's for sure. We'll talk Aaron Judge and a whole bunch of other things. Debbie Schlossel will join me in about a half hour with some movie reviews as well. Beam me up! To be continued.